0: Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of The Conversation for Generation. My name is Nick Jamel and this is where we solve the problems of today with the wisdom of the past. And today we will be solving a problem of a lack of persuasion or a lack at least of awareness of how persuasion works. And we're going to be talking about Scott Adams book, <clears throat> Win Bigly, which is a book I read a couple years ago after the a couple years after the election of Donald Trump and it was probably not until then that I realized what happened, really, in that election. And I, pro- I kind of thought up until then that he would, got a bit lucky. He had some skill in what he was doing and how he was attacking the media and stuff like that. But that combined with the fact he was up against kind of a hubristic Democrat Party that thought they're never going to lose. So voters didn't turn up. And the most unlikable candidate that I can think of in recent history. So I kind of just thought there was this stuff that came together for him and he was there to take it. But in this book, I think you're going to see that that's not really the case, that in actuality, he did a lot of really good persuasion to get people to come to his side and to reject so much of what the traditional Republican candidates were doing, The obviously the Hillary campaign, what she was doing, and really it came down to... Donald Trump's ability to communicate effectively—not most eloquently, but effectively—and so that's what we're going to be talking about today: is that book, *Win Bigly* by Scott Adams. <clears throat> but before we do, I want to remind you that you can find me on conversationforgeneration.com. You can go to slash podcast to find where you can subscribe. Go there, subscribe to the podcast, give it a good rating and review. Those things really help me out and help the conversation out and finding more help other people find us and find what we're doing here. Because I think that everyone who listens, everyone who interacts on Twitter, Facebook is a part of this conversation as well. And not just me or the people who come on to talk to, to talk with me. Really, I think everybody who's actively participating is a part of this conversation of our generation. And so I want to help more people get into it. So sharing this, all of that on Twitter at Con of Facebook.com slash Conversation of Our gen, Generation, Parler and Minds at Conversation of Our Generation there. Those things, sharing it, following and getting the word out, even if it's just telling people that you know, or, you know, you can always copy the link from an episode and send it to someone who you think would be interested in it. Those sorts of things really help, especially the book reviews. I think that's a good one to share because it's like, hey, I think this is an interesting book. Check it out. And if you're interested, you can buy it right through there. That kind of thing helps me out. And buying the books through the links on these show notes always helps me as well, because then amazon gives me a little kickback and so it's not much but a little bit here and there helps to be able to pay for the hosting pay for the website and stuff like that so feel free to share this and feel free to give me feedback as well on things that you think i should be talking about books that i should be looking into but let's hop on over to the quote of the week and this one is from aristotle he says, in making a speech, one must study three points. First, the means of producing persuasion. Second, the language. Third, the proper arrangement of the various parts of the speech. <clears throat> and I think this is very sound advice. I think if you're looking at how to persuade someone logically, this is great advice. You know, first you have to say, okay, what are the arguments? What are the points that I have to get out there that are going to persuade people, that are going to make people think, oh, that case is better than the other case that's being made. Second is the language. You have to communicate that effectively. You can know everything about the arguments for God's existence, for the theory of evolution, whatever it may be, but if you can't articulate those points well, then you're not going to be persuasive, right? Because the whole point of persuasion is that you're getting people to come to your side. It's the same as in sales if you know every great thing about your product, you know that it's better than the other guy's product and everything, but you can't communicate why it's better. You can't communicate that it's better then people aren't going to buy from you. It's the same thing here in persuasion. You have to have the language to go with it, have to be able to articulate it well. And then the third is the proper arrangement of the various parts of the speech. And I think this is also very important. If you start off with, explaining, let's say, the theory of evolution. And I'm probably going to botch this, but when you start off, instead of going back to at the time that the theory of evolution came about, there was a question of whether or not the species had always existed, or whether they had come from other species and changed. There was a debate going on there. And then also at the same time, there was this fundamentalist movement that had come up saying that the earth was 6000 years old and we had to read the bible literally which was not the traditional christian movement right most of traditional judaism and catholicism especially did not look at it that way generally i mean early church fathers noticed the fact that in genesis the the sun and moon are made on the fourth day and there's supposedly three days that happen before that and days kind of necessitate having a sun and a moon or at least a sun and so there's obviously poetic language there they recognize that but if you don't start by saying there was this debate between those two sides of religion these two sides of science and go forward then it doesn't really make sense why this idea popped out of you're just like this guy went to the galapagos islands saw birds that look different and then thought hmm Maybe there's a th- such a thing as evolution. It's, And then you kind of work backwards. It kind of feels not as persuasive. It just seems like this guy happened upon it. No, there was a discussion happening before that led to this discovery that then led to the theory. And then for, you can go forward and say, here's how they built the case further and further. But if all you present is these disparate stories or these disparate parts, it may not be persuasive. So, or, and if you arrange it in a, way that doesn't tell the story properly, it's not going to be persuasive either. And so I think that that's a great way to look at it logically. What I think we'll find in this book is that you're not looking at persuasion from a logical perspective, but from an efficacy perspective. And that's what Scott Adam does really well. So in this book, Scott Adams, I think, shows that this election wasn't a fluke and he describes the tactics that the Trump campaign uses to take the White House. He talks about, you know, one instance that I can think of off the top of my head was I'm going to build this big, beautiful wall. I'm going I'm to build a wall so big, so beautiful, it'll help, you know, all of that stuff that he was talking about and he would use that language. Well, what it did was it forced you to visualize the wall. And then when you visualize the fact that there's this wall there, you know that Trump is president and, and it sort of is kind of the selling past the deal. It's like, once you have this product in your hand, you're going to love it. You're going to save so much time once you have this. And now in the person's head, when you're buying this product, you're thinking, Hmm, I, I can see myself using this kitchen utensil to save so much time and prepping dinner, whatever it is, you know, you're sitting behind the wheel of a car and they do that to you so that you're thinking, hmm, I can see myself here. This feels right. This feels comfortable. I could see myself in this car, my family in the back or my wife in the seat next to me. Or if you're younger, you know, taking a girl out on a date in this car and being able to impress somebody, right? Whatever it is that, that sort of selling past the sale, making you envision yourself already in that future kind of state of owning the product or having, in this case, Trump as your president. And it's tactics like that repeatedly that Scott Adams points out because he is a trained hypnotist. He's studied the art of persuasion. He came from a marketing background and I think has a very unique way now as the, as a person who does comics, uh, to really have those bite-sized ways of conveying information, conveying something that hits the culture, right? It's, I mean, he's been basically making memes for however long. That's basically what a comic is, right? And so it's sort of those bite-sized chunks of persuasion or of touching something that makes you laugh or makes you think or whatever it is. And he's been doing that for so long with the Dilbert comics. And before that was a successful business person and was already persuading people and everything like that. And so I think he really knows the tactics and the strategies necessary to win people over to your side. And I think that he brings out, I think it's almost like a modern version of how to win friends and influence people. But instead of that book is kind of, how do I win this person in front of me over? How do I you know talk to a single person and win them over to my side? Right. This is more of a marketing version. You know, how to win friends and influence people is a sales kind of book where it's one on one I'm selling to this person whereas I think Gwen Bigley is a marketing side of persuasion where it's how do I get my message out there and flip the 2% of undecided voters to my side or whatever it is that's really what it is in this case but I think that the tactics work in general and so in this book you'll learn the strategy the tactics and overall art of persuading people and you'll see it embodied in this example of Trump, which is what I really like is that throughout this, he'll tie these things back to what Trump and Hillary were doing in their campaigns and why things were and weren't effective from that perspective of having done this for years. And so I think this book just offers a lot of insight into how effective political messaging is and, you know, really any sort of marketing message, like I said. And so I like that part, but I love the fact that he does it without rooting for a political party. He really didn't have a dog in the fight. He didn't like Hillary or Trump. He wasn't a fan of either of theirs necessarily. He And so he doesn't really let his political beliefs get in the way of observing how effective the politicians were in their campaigns. And so I think that that's just yet another lesson that we can learn from this book is to be able to just observe the campaign and how it's going. And the reason I'm bringing this book out right now for a review is I think that we're heating up into the end here. If this is a book that you can read quickly and see then how the campaigns are maneuvering and be able to observe them with a, the eye of persuasion. How, how persuasive are these people being? Are they really winning voters in the that are undecided or that are in between because it's all great to play to your base but if you just do that then you're not going to win anyone new are these campaigns going out there and winning new people and i think this will help you be a better prognosticator of elections and marketing campaigns the success of other products everything like that because when you can see how persuasive people are and whether or not messaging is persuasive you know how effective they're going to be at Winning people to their side. So definitely check out this book. Definitely subscribe to the podcast anywhere you can find it on ConversationFarGeneration.com slash podcast. But it's on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Anchor. And if you go to Anchor, there's like eight places that it distributes to. I had not heard of all those podcast players before, but they're there. And you can check it out there as well. And you can go to Twitter at Con of Our gen and Facebook.com slash generation to follow me there and Generation.com just to see everything else that I have going on. There's a lot of other book reviews, lots of other podcasts and blogs and things happening there that I recommend you check out. And if you're interested in the book, buy it through the show link, the show notes, the link in the show notes below. That really helps me out and the conversation as well. So thank you for listening to this episode of the conversation for generation. Let's get the dialogue going. I'll talk to you next time.